0: We're all looking to make more sustainable choices, but making your own shoes out of natural materials could pose a few challenges. The twigs and leaves in your backyard aren't exactly comfortable, and while mud does perfectly contour the feet, it doesn't score high on the durability front. But thanks to Allbirds, you can skip all the backyard experimentation. At the Allbirds Innovation Lab, they're doing all the sciencey stuff, like research and testing to create shoes from natural, sustainable materials. And their innovative processes mean using less of the bad stuff and more of the good, while making shoes unlike any other. Like the Plant Pacer, made with 100% plastic-free plant leather. The Tree Dasher, a running shoe made from eucalyptus tree fiber. And from Sugarcane, they've made the Superlight, their lightest shoe ever by weight and carbon footprint. It's not rocket science. It's shoe science. Allbirds is making shoes better than natural. They're supernatural. Find your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot
1: This is Dream Power Radio, the place where your dreams turn into reality. Here is your host, Debbie Specter weissman
2: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Dream Power Show on the amazing Women and Men of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming network, powered by Raven International. I'm your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman, the Dream Coach. This is the show where we talk about dreams, both daytime and nighttime dreams, and how you can use them to make the internal shift to a life you love. And as always, I am here to help you understand your dreams. So if you've got a dream that's got you stumped, email me at Debbie at dreampowerradio.com. I can help you interpret your dream or even answer any general questions you may have about dreams. So again, you can email me at debbie at dreampowerradio.com. Picture this scenario. You've had a profound aha moment, maybe from a dream you had, or maybe from some interaction in your life. It's left you with the realization that you're not living the life that you really want to live. The question is, what do you do about it? Do you have a pity party with yourself and lament the bad breaks life has given you? Or do you step up and take the actions that will lead you to success? If you want to live your dream life, of course you choose the latter, but where do you start? For answers, Today, we're going to turn to my special guest, Chad Cooper. Chad certainly knows a lot about success. As one of the nation's elite lifestyle coaches, he's guided celebrities, athletes, and top corporate officials to reach and stay at their highest levels. And he stretched himself to personal triumphs as well as an Ironman athlete, devoted family man, and humanitarian leader. He's boiled his philosophy on how to achieve your goals into his book, Time Isn't the Problem Four Strategies to Transform Stress into Success. Welcome to the Dream Power Show, Chad. Well, I am delighted and excited to get started. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, Chad, one of the amazing things about you that I discovered when I first met you was the number of items on your personal bucket list you've been able to achieve. And I believe at one point you were aiming for the Guinness World Record for achieving bucket list items. Are you there?
1: I did apply for the Guinness World Book of... uh, records for 900 of the most popular bucket list items to achieve before the age of 40, and they said clearly, I have achieved, and clearly it is something that should be honored. But it was a subjective interpretation of they couldn't come to agreement on what a thousand bucket lists. You know, what are the top 1,000 and get. Uh, uh, Proper agreement. So they said, Thank you very much. Keep it going. And we can't give it to you because there's too much sub- subjectivity to it. And I said, That wasn't the point anyway. The point was to celebrate and just to
2: live life fully. Absolutely. Well, Chad, the reason I started with your bucket list is because I think it best represents your attitude about how to tackle life. Why do you think so many people never even try to stretch themselves in the way that you have?
1: Well, you know, there, there's so many quotes and things that I could refer to, but I would say that the, the one that really kind of articulates today is I think there's a, a need to delineate that the things that worked in the 1990s or even the early 2000s, you could say that Stephen Covey was there, Tony Robbins was there leading and championing, here's the tools to be able to do that. But today we need to recognize that the nine to five job no longer exists. And the ability to say, you had to call a home number, and I remember where it was rotary dial. I remember when the first answering you know, service or machine was there. But let's face it, today, we're a global 24 seven society. I have clients in, I think, somewhere between 13 to 17 time zones around the world. And even if we're domestic in the United States, we're at least in three or four different time zones that we typically see and serve our customers. So we don't have nine to five hours. We are 24 seven open store, always on, always trying to hit in, in multiple platforms for advertising. How many phones, how many accounts do we have that we constantly feel like we have to check into? So the difference is the world's changed, Debbie. And the question is, have we adapted successfully to those changes? Peter Drucker says the number one problem that we face in our society today is not war, is not poverty, is not um, food shortage. Our number one struggle is the inability to manage oneself. And so the reason that I have been able to succeed in so many facets or, or roles in my life is because I've understood the art. the the mental and the spiritual and the mechanical sides of managing myself and then been able to leverage and repeat those tools. So there is a, a process that we need to do and then connect with the spiritual side in order for us to achieve. And if we can't manage ourselves, good luck with managing your finances or your relationships or your career.
2: Okay. So let's get back to what I said in my intro. Suppose you wake up one morning and realize that you want to shift your life's goals. What is the first step to take? The first step is, is to really appreciate and
1: understand we all feel called to be born in this world to do something. And the question is, is, do we have clarity on what our life purpose is? I think for many of us, we have a sense. We start doing something and go, oh, will, will that get me there? But we don't really understand the vehicles that we bring into our life and how those vehicles, like our, our career choice, our relationship choices, uh, our, our religious choices, et cetera, how those specifically are meeting our needs and our wants. So the first step is really to to get an understanding of what is my life purpose, to get really clear. Because otherwise, it's just kind of like wandering around in the desert, Debbie in hoping that you're going to find Shangri-La before you run out of water. But most of us end up starving out in the desert, wandering around lost.
2: So do you have any tools on things people can do to help them figure out what their purpose is, if they don't know what it is? I do. And as Mark
1: Twain said, the two most important days in his life was the day he was born and the day he discovered why. So to just... the easy part was the day you were born. You didn't have to do a whole lot there other than ask for a blanket or somebody to wrap you up and, and keep you warm and, and feed you, right? The second part is determining our why. And what I would invite our friends in audience to, to do is to grab a pen and paper. And it really works best to actually have a pen and paper as opposed to digital. There's something called the reticular activating system that when we write things down, we tend to actually retain them and learn from them better than just speaking or typing them on a keyboard. So literally grab a pen and paper. And what I would invite you to do is to write out in as much detail as possible, not like a sentence, but like paragraphs of the seven to 10 happiest memories that you can think of from as early on to recent, the 10 most profound and impactful experiences and memories that you can think of were you with somebody was it indoors or outdoors what were you doing were there certain smells get as much detail as you can and once you have seven to ten at a minimum is to then go look at what are the emotions encircle them underline them or highlight them do something that identifies the emotions and feelings in each of those and what you're going to see is a common set of words or emotions and feelings that keep repeating. And those that repeat the most are your core values. See, when we know our core values, then we can find vehicles in careers, in houses, and all those material things that we say, yeah, it actually, it meets those values. And then you know that you're actually moving in the right direction. Those values are kind of like our, our north compass, our beacon to keep us, pointed in the right direction. Does that make sense?
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So once you have those core values, how do you then use them to create success in your life?
1: So that first part is really discovery of what's my my mission or my purpose in life. And then it's about identifying and getting really abundantly clear on intentional language. Language matters. And I can say the word for example, father or mother. And for some people, there's just great emotions of endearment, of, of gratitude, of joy, of love, etc. And for others, that word is, is conjuring up pain, and suffering, and abuse. So our language matters. And so the first part is really understanding our purpose in a foundation of purpose and language. But then we get to a point where we say, okay, great, What do I do from there? Well, we need a framework or some tools to actually execute or implement those. And so those tools are really, in a nutshell, I would say, I would call that the rule of 168 hours. 168 hours is one week worth of time. And it's a great equalizer, Debbie. You get no more, no less. It doesn't matter your economic background. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your demographics. It doesn't matter anything. It is the great equalizer. Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, Warren Buffett can't buy 169 hours. It's how we use it that separates us. So if we know what our values are and our purpose, and we have a framework of how to maximize that 168 hours with persistence and consistency, then we have the ability to actually elevate and live what I would call a legendary life. And those are as unique as our fingerprint. You gotta stop subscribing to society's definition of here's what it means to be epic or legendary, but by your definition, by what you see fulfills you. So there are some specific tools. One is can you actually break down and see how effective you are? Average person is about 15 to 23% productive per week. My students are 92%. So the tools that I have them use are giving them persistent and consistent high-level results.
2: So what, what would be an example of, of one of those tools that enables somebody to go from having a low percentage of, of effectiveness to the high percentage that your students have?
1: Sure. Let me give you a, a story. Is, uh, a, a client of mine took care of elderly people, and she got to, to a point where it became monotonous. And she said, you know, these, these people are, are angry, they're, they're crotchety, they they're, can be mean-tempered, etc. but I want to just serve them. I want to bring some sunshine into their life. And I said, well, you know, what is the purpose? What we did is we found out the purpose. And she says, well, I just want to give them some sunshine. I said, well, what if you actually put that as the appointment subject line every time that you went? It, it, to, to meet with those clients. Because, well, if my purpose was actually just to give sunshine, then I actually know what my outcome is. I know why I'm doing it and I can do that with joy and I can bring them that joy. And so the thing that I would offer to our friends that are listening is what are you actually putting in the subject line of your appointments? It's the, the thing that hits us constantly all day, whether that's on an electronic watch, whether that's on your smartphone or on a piece of paper, is we all live, breathe and die by calendar. And if you say you don't have one, you got one here. So we all live by 168 hours. The question is, is what are the subject lines that you're reading day in and day out? Are they limp language? Are they neutral, like the word workout? Or are they empowering? Are they connecting you back to the strength of your purpose or are they just simply subject lines that are like about discipline go work out I mean nobody wants to work out Debbie it's a terrible subject line but what if it was leading by an example of what character and health are to my children what if it was somebody that is older that said being in shape to be able to play with my grandchildren at any age Right? What if it was taking a break to be able to play with my children before making dinner? Whatever that is, is find what's goodness. Find the purpose in that event versus just going through it like a zombie in a, you know a, a, a hypnotic state.
2: Does that help? Oh, absolutely. And it, it's funny that you use the example of workout because I've recently started uh, – Reworking out after having not been to the gym in a while, I said, "I've got to go back. I've got to, you know, get myself back into shape." And it's so true that the language that we use makes so much difference. I mean, if I tell myself, uh, "I'm going to the gym uh, because I want to feel really good about myself," and I'm I'm going to the gym because I know that I'm going to look better. Uh, I find ways that I could say it without saying I'm going to the gym because I'm going to be on these machines for a while and and hurting myself. Not saying that, but saying it in a more positive way, uh, it does make it more fun and it makes it something I actually want to keep going back to. So I think that's, that's such a perfect example and a perfect way to end this segment. We're going to take a short break here. We are talking with Legendary Lifestyle Coach Chad Cooper about success on the Dream Power Show. We'll be right back. When is a car not a car? When it shows up in your dreams. Cars are one of the most common dream symbols. If you don't know why you're dreaming about cars or any image, it can leave you confused or scared. But that dream could be a solution to a pressing problem or an insight into a solution that's been bugging you for years. Go to my website and sign up for a complimentary discovery session, and I'll help you understand why a dream is a terrible thing to waste. Go to thedreamcoach.net for more information.
0: Welcome back to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Specter weissman
2: Yes, welcome back to the Dream Power Show. I'm your host, Debbie Specter weissman the Dream Coach, And we're speaking with legendary lifestyle coach, Chad Cooper, about success. Chad, uh, we were talking about the importance of having a schedule and, and the importance of really maximizing those 168 hours that we all have in our life. But so many people have trouble struggling their roles as worker, spouse, parent, child, which often makes them end up feeling stressed out. So, tipping away from just you know the work life, how can we use the 168 hours to our best use in our entire life for everything that we do?
1: Well, I would say I think what we've we've touched upon at this point saying we need a strong foundation. Then we need a, a tool set or a framework, a system that can support us in a 21st century world. To know that we are 24 seven basically today, right? That we ne- it, more people will come back. It was like 87% of people will come back if they left their smartphone at home versus something like 63% if they left their wallet. So that tells us that we're always on today. But if we fill our calendar with just gotta do experiences or have to do moments, then what we end up doing is, is, is really creating a week or 168 hours of things that drain our batteries. And so what I would invite our friends to do is to look at your calendar. Seven days. Just look at the next seven days and ask yourself, is what's showing up draining your batteries or recharging your batteries? Look at a specific item and ask yourself, does it drain your batteries at the end of that activity or does it charge it? Because the things that drain our batteries are the things that we don't understand what's the purpose. And when we don't understand what fulfills us, we risk Being led towards brokenness. And it's kind of like smoking cigarettes today, Debbie. You know that they kill you, you know they compromise your logic for short term emotional fixes. And only then, emotionally, do we feel guilty for the poor decision and feel even worse. But there's nothing about smoking that recharges your batteries. So we need to acknowledge that brokenness is a feeling, it's a feeling that we're disconnected. I think that's really what you're kind of touching on there is that we want to feel connected. We want to be able to feel like this precious time that we have per week is being utilized wisely. And so we can look at that and say, is this a reflection of me living fully? We have a society that is breathing, but not really feeling alive. So how do we turn that around? Well, it begins with asking the simple question, is this activity draining my batteries or recharging it? And we can neutralize that when we empty our cup and say maybe the things that have gotten me to this point to succeed are exactly the things preventing me from actually getting to the next level. Maybe I need to take some of the old things and take them out of the garage in order to let that new shiny car come in to fill me up. Mm -hmm. So it's about having... A mindset it's about having a system, and then third it's about being able to handle the curveballs because we can have blueprints, but we know life's going to throw us curveballs, and we need to know how to hit those curveballs in a grand slam kind of experience
2: Oh absolutely well, one of the things that I think drains a lot of people 's batteries is uh being on their smartphone or uh, being uh, on social media all the time, and a lot of people know yes. I spent too much time doing this. And yet even though they know that it, it's still hard for them to change that behavior. So do you have any tips on how to rid yourself from some of these behaviors that do train drain our batteries?
1: Well, now you're gonna get me up on the on the pulpit and start have me start preaching, Debbie, because that I just wrote an article about this and it's something I'm I'm As passionate about as the the book and these tools. Here's the reality. In in the third part of my book is I'm quoted and known for saying the game of life isn't fair. You have to be willing to play better than the referee of life's bad calls. You could be the most talented individual. It doesn't stop the referee from making a bad call. The question, Debbie, is whether you're going to use it as, as an excuse to compromise how you perform from that point forward and be a victim, or use it as an explanation to say, I am better than that, bad, that referee's bad calls, and I'm going to rise above that bad call and show you what I'm capable of. But we're not in complete control of our environment. We aren't the referee in the game of life, necessarily, and so we have to recognize that there is a science today that, there, that they are deliberately positioning how games are created, how ads are, are fed to us, to addict us. If we look at it as, I'll give you an analogy of the American Revolution, right? The, 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 the war that we fought for our independence as Americans. We won that because we broke from tradition of inline battle, and what we did is actual guerrilla warfare tactics: small, fast-moving, effective strike maneuvers. Well, if we don't recognize that, that is exactly the kind of tactics that are being delivered today in social media, in the news, in journalism, if you want to call it that today. And I'm not picking either side. In The way that we consume information is absolutely to treat us like tobacco addiction. It is to keep us hypnotized and plugged in. So we need to treat it as a precision surgical strike. Just as a surgeon goes in, they're like, oh, well, what are we going to work on today? The leg or the arm? No, they know exactly what procedure they have to do, and they're precise to do it quickly and get out. So I have nothing against social media or the providers of it. What I would say is, pick how much time you're going to do, do in that activity, set a timer, pick what the objective of it is. And if that objective is just to, to be pure entertainment, great, and the point is, is to be deliberate so that you are in control and not being controlled.
2: It's a very important point to understand that you do have the control and it's not let us do that. I wanna switch gears a little bit and ask you about how your strategies can be used to transform our relationships into what you refer to as legendary relationships.
1: Relationships are are something that I, I see certain demographics today struggling with because we have six, what I call six legendary or human needs. And Maslow was, was kind of the, the founder of this, of going from survival to stability, success, significance. And so to achieve all of those different levels, once we're out of survival, we, we have the ability to choose some electives. But it, we have the need for certainty. We have a need for variety. We have a need for significance and loving connection, then growth and in, in contribution beyond ourselves. So when we talk about a relationship, Today, we have the inundation of surface level connections. Well, I have friends in Russia. I have friends in Brazil. I have friends all over the world. And it becomes a competition of, I have more friends than you. But is that really what these people are? I mean, I've got 10,000, 20,000, how many, 50,000 fans on Facebook alone. Would I call them friends? And so I think that we have a responsibility to ourselves to define what is a connection and what is love. Because the reality is, even in love, one of you in an intimate relationship, one of you is going to die first, most likely. And there's going to be pain from that loss. But where did we get this like, story that pain wasn't part of the journey? You don't do an Iron Man without saying, hey, pain, you're, you're going for a ride. But there's a difference between pain and suffering. And I think today we need to teach, we need to help our relationships, people who want a relationship to understand the difference between pain and suffering. There are going to be moments of pain because that's where the muscle is built. But don't mistake that pain for it's your fault. Now that partner might trigger some reactions in you, but if we want to have connection and deep love, that understand that the ingredients to make that include some things that may be a little bit bitter at least initially until you build the muscle. That's where the su- sweetness comes as well, right? We know that you need salt in a, in a cookie, and too much of it is going to make a bad cookie. But so is sugar in tasty chocolate morsels or whatever that ingredients you know is for your favorite cookie. But you need both. Flour by itself sucks. <laughs> salt is is nasty but it's the combination that brings that richness and so for a relationship i would say you know look up gary chapman the five language of love languages look up um Egretz in um, love and respect there's lots of books but it is about investing in not using your past all oh, my parents were never gave me the tools go to a library it's free go on youtube it's free It's your responsibility to say it's not an excuse, it's an explanation, and you have the ability to learn from that. You went to school to learn math, go to school to learn love.
2: Mm -hmm. Very wise. Uh, You also, in in your book, talk about the role of faith on helping us on the road to success. Uh, How does faith play into it? We kind of dance
1: around today in
2: when we say certain
1: religions, there's certain connotations today as well of how people feel about that. And I think some people are guarded about actually being open in their, their faith or their religion. But there's a difference between that and spirit, I would say. And some people will kind of shy away from religion and go, oh, I'm spiritual, As if that's some badge of honor to be able to to just say it's a law's affair, anything goes, and not take the responsibility of being a decent human being. But I believe that there is a humanness in all of us that believes in a higher connection, a higher version of ourselves, and connecting to that. And so, for me, I would first say is it's kind of like a diamond. There's different facets, and depending on what facet you're talking or looking at, you might use different terminology but we're really talking about the same thing. And so when we are looking at that is, let's get away from the language, let's get away from the terminology and get back to the humanists and say, this person is striving to be an extraordinary human being. I want to be around that person, regardless of whether they label that as Jewish or uh, Muslim or Christian or Hindu or whatever. Define a person by their character. And whether their behavior exhibits their values or opposes it. And so for me, I created what I call the the seven characteristics of a legendary life. And I believe that they are kind of the, the, the summary or the check mark for me to check in. I can use this, Debbie, on any appointment on my calendar. I can look at this and say, where am I in my level of feeling fulfilled and complete? And it's just a great checks and balance. So the seven... That was 10. The seven, try that again, is mission, freedom, love, adventure, filling up, feeling safe, and speaking your truth through love. So if we look at those seven, we can ask, do you feel that you have a sense of mission in your life? Or are you just kind of dabbling and wandering? Are you freely pursuing that? Because in relationships, as an example, how many of us are horse trading? I'll give you this if you give me that. And we're not free in the pursuit of our mission. We're imprisoned by that mission. I'll go to work and and do the bare minimum in order to get a paycheck, but only as long as I have to, as an example. So we could go through each of those seven, but the real benefit in that is to ask yourself and score yourself zero to 10 for each of those. You could have a total of 70, divide it by your score, and that'll tell you if you're seven and a half or above, you're doing really well. But where are you coming up short? That's where you want to focus and say, how do I close the gap on that? You know, why don't I feel safe? Have a conversation. What do you need to do to feel safe? And when we can do all seven, then we can really connect from here and here to feel that our faith and our spirit is aligned and congruent with who we are at our core.
2: Well, Chad, we could be going on for hours, but we've reached almost the end of our program. So my final question to you is, how can people find out more about you and what you do? Thank you for that invitation.
1: And I will say the easiest is just go out and search chadecooper.com. E is an echo, Chad chadecooper.com. Search for my name. You'll find me out on all kinds of things. You can go out to Amazon or Barnes and Noble and pick up my book, Time Isn't the Problem. Four Strategies to Transform Stress to Success, and just check me out and see how I can serve you. I have coaching, I have a a 12-week membership program, and I have a book. So I really am striving, Debbie, to be able to serve people at whatever level that they're looking to, to go.
2: We've been speaking with legendary lifestyle coach, Chad Cooper, about steps to success. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. Until next time, this is Debbie Specter weissman saying, sweet dreams, everybody.
0: You've been
1: listening to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Specter weissman For more information on Debbie or to sign up for her newsletter, go to dreampowerradio.com. This has been Dream Power Radio on the amazing Women and Men of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming network, powered by Raven International.